Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network for this Wednesday, February the 2nd. We thank you for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Welcome back, Fred Jackson. Good to be back. And no, I wasn't at the truckers' protest in <laughs> in Ottawa. <laughs> I wondered, you know, you're a Canadian, you're a Canadian-American, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, uh, well, but I've been keeping an eye on that. It's and we'll talk more about this, but it's gone well beyond a group of truckers. Right. This 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 is a bit of a revolution that's going on. I, I'm speaking as a Canadian. Canadians are are known to be you know subdued. Sorry, I walked yeah, in front yeah. of you, right, type people. Right. right. <laughs> Very but, polite. But this this is unusual in Canada uh, for this kind of protest uh, to occur. And to see the public behind them, these people standing up on the overpasses, greeting these truckers going by underneath, and then they get to Ottawa, there's there's a whole bunch of people who aren't truckers there, folks, a whole pile of people. I saw a video the other night of Ottawa police officers bringing boxes of food to the truckers. Now, have you have you explained to our listeners why the truckers are, what, what's actually going on here? Yeah. I well, mean, what it, it's... It, you got the story going, so... Yes, what it's all about is a rule, an edict from Prime Minister Trudeau that any trucks coming into Canada, that the uh, drivers have to be vaccinated or else they have to stay in quarantine, I believe, for two weeks. And, it, you know, this was brewing for a long time, even before that edict, because the same edict is in place for truckers coming into the United States, that you have to be vaccinated. So it's this was the straw that broke the camel's back. The restrictions in Canada have been absolutely ridiculous. At some points, you couldn't travel from one province to another. At some points, and I come from Nova Scotia originally, there were edicts in place by the provincial government there that you couldn't move from one spot in the province to another spot in the province. Unless you were vaccinated. Unless you were vaccinated. Uh, it was insane. So... Uh, uh, but I, I, I just, what it's all about, and if you want to put it under the big umbrella, they've had enough of the government telling me what I have to do on a day-by-day basis. I can't go to restaurants. My kids have to wear masks. All the things that we're familiar with here in the United States. Right. And there's just, I think, quite frankly, and we'll get into it shortly, there's another movement going on down here, very similar. Truckers are organizing something, I believe, for the end of this month. In Washington D.C., the very same remarks being made. So uh, let me ask you this: this uh, trucker con kind of convoy that's going yes. on uh-huh. up there, are, are they planning on like sh- shutting down Toronto or or or, or, or or you know Ottawa? I mean, what 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 are they going to do? Well, there there is a I think it's Wellington Street in front of the Parliament buildings in Ottawa, and pretty well they've taken over that street. There's been, and even the left-wing media has had to admit, there's been no problems. 
Yeah. I mean, they're very polite. Yeah. They're going about their business. They'd like a meeting with Prime Minister Trudeau. So far, he's done nothing but insult them. And uh, so has his cabinet. So I don't see any kind of compromise there. But there's also been protests in some of the provincial capitals. There were probably, there were thousands of people last weekend in front of the legislature building in Victoria, B.C., the capital of British Columbia. Same type of thing. I was really shocked at that because British Columbia is kind of Canada, San Francisco. Yeah, very liberal. Very liberal. Very liberal. But there were people out there, you know, it was almost a festive kind of mood. Um, and, you know, dads carrying the kids on their shoulders and all getting together in front of the legislature building. But it's all, I think people have had enough, and, and we'll, again, we'll deal with this in a few minutes. But it's following countries like Norway in Europe, other countries. That's it. We're done. No more mandates. Right. No more uh, uh, vaccine passports. We're finished with this. Well, as we'll talk about here on the program, the 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 case, the narrative that has existed for the last two years regarding COVID, the COVID pandemic and all its satellite issues, okay, mask mandates, uh, vaccines, all those things, is slowly starting to unravel. It is. As, as information is coming out, medical professionals, doctors, researchers starting to speak up. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. We've got a story here, folks, at 1045. You're going to want to stick around. Mm-hmm. Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Military whistleblowers reveal shocking truth. This has to do with a Senate hearing last week uh, regarding the COVID shots and the possible consequences to members of the military. Mm-hmm. So this this narrative starting to unravel, and who knows where we're going to be a year from now and what we think about this whole pandemic. Well, we've been told right from the beginning, guys, follow the science, you know, Jen Psaki and follow the science, follow the science. Uh, and Tim, our first story goes to that. This is a John Hopkins University meta-analysis of several studies dealing with the impact of the lockdowns. Uh, listen to this. Lockdowns only reduced COVID-19 mortality by 0.2%. This is a study coming out from John Hopkins University. It's the economics department. Yes. Right, not, not the, uh, hosp- not the uh, medical side of John Hopkins, which is what people usually think of when they think of the John Hopkins University yes. system. But still, very prestigious. And they did a thorough... Uh, study and research and found that I think you need to say that again because I think that's going to be shocking to people after all that we've done yes to lock down America and our states and our cities um, and to mask up and mask down and mask sideways (laughs) and all the things that we've done vaccine here uh, you know don't go to ball games there and all this don't go to church and sing after all is said and done, what do we got, Fred? What's what's the what's the scoreboard look like? Lockdowns only reduced COVID nineteen mortality by 0.2 percent. Now this they they took a bunch of studies. So this like, is two tenths of a percent, right? Yes, I got my math That's right. That's it. Uh, listen to this is a quote from the researchers. We find little to no evidence that mandated lockdowns in Europe and the United States 
had a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality rates. Stop and think that about this for the moment. The billions, billions of dollars that these lockdowns have caused, the disruption in our economy, ripple effects are still being felt, people being put out of work, governments coming in with hundreds of billions of dollars of, of, of uh, you know, wage <clears throat> help, all of that kind of thing. These researchers are finding no. Yeah. And, and it was always about saving lives. Remember that right from the beginning? Yeah. Yes. It was. Oh, yeah, the two, two, two weeks. Of, what were we supposed to do for two weeks? Flatten the curve. Yes. We were all out here, flat, we were all out here flattening the curve. And, and what they meant by that was they expected a certain number yes. of COVID cases, and yet we don't want them all to happen at once. Yes. Which will overwhelm yes. our hospitals. Which was a reasonable thing Reasonable to do. thing. So let's flatten that out to give our hospitals right. an opportunity. Right. To, now, let me just say this. Uh, we, we're two years into this now, right? Mm-hmm. Roughly? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, at first, I would say the first six months or so, we really didn't know what to do, right? We as a uh, – I know it, in, it's always – Monday morning quarterbacking is right. really easy, isn't it? It's an ugly thing, <laughs> Monday morning But I'm just saying, I know I have heard people say – See, I told you so. Right. I told you so. I said this back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Fine. But in, in truth, we really didn't know uh, a lot about the COVID, uh, you know, 19 and what it would do and how deadly it would be. We saw people dropping in Italy like flies. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Was, that was scary. It was scary. And we saw that coming to our shores and, and Canada and other. And so – what do you do? Well, we don't want to get it. So what do you do? You well, don't get around people who have it. How do you do that? You lock yeah. down. Right. Uh, right. I mean, that, that seems to make sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So we've learned, we learned, but after, after about six months, then it began to become clearer that liberal politicians, namely, uh, we're going to use this to control people, right. Control people's lives. And uh, a lot of the things we were learning, even after six months, were proving not to be so. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least uh, a lot of people suspected, hey, this, this doesn't seem to be right. Yeah, why can, you, why can casinos remain open but not churches? That kind of thing. That kind of thing. That kind of thing was going on, so people began to get skeptical. People began to react in revolt, so to speak. And now we know... Uh, after this research was done, this research has probably been going on a couple, three months, I would think at least. John Hopkins University Economics Department has said, after all their research in Europe and the U.S., lockdowns didn't work to prevent deaths caused by COVID-19, period. That's right. Period. That's right. right. But it did cause a lot of other problems, like economic problems. And by the way, fellas. Mental health issues? Yes. By the way, I was just, uh, I saw this right before we went on the air, so I haven't read the whole article yet, but it kind of goes right into what you're talking about here, Fred. This is from the Fox News website, and it says Stanford. I'm talking about Stanford University now Mm -hmm. out in California, which I was denied entry into, but that's a a whole other topic for another day. But I do want to hear that story. Uh, I'll I'll get get back to that in a few weeks. (laughs) Anyway, Stanford University... 
medical professor, this is the headline, argues masking and social distancing doing long-term damage to our immune systems. This is a medical doctor at Stanford, which cancels people, okay, to say things like this, yep. uh, who, who don't tell the liberal line. So do, this is Dr. Aaron B-E-N, Ben David, associate professor of medicine at Stanford University, is making the case that continued masking and social distancing as measures to fight the coronavirus pandemic are actually doing long-term damage to our immune systems. So you have economic damage that's that has been done and is being done to people who are told to lock down, basically to, you know, just, just don't go anywhere, don't do anything. If you do wear a mask, you have to be vaccinated to go here, there, and the other, all these things, the economic. Then you got the... Uh, the kids that have suffered academically now yes, because they can't go to school or either they got to go to school and can't see the teacher talking because she's supposed to wear a mask. And, and, um, and then you've got the, all the, the uh, psychological effects. Now we're being told there are medical effects to our, our immune systems, long-term damage to our immune systems. By all the social distancing and the masking. Uh, now, I haven't read this complete story, but this was an op-ed this gentleman posted, this doctor posted in the uh, Wall Street Journal. So well, that's, that's why it's... There are, underten- there are unintended, some would argue intended, consequences to all the things that we've been doing to try to avoid the virus. And that's why I said yesterday that unless you are living in a country like North Korea or communist China where they absolutely have the country locked down and control the flow of information. If you live in a Western nation that's relatively open, like our country is, pretty pretty open with the exception of social media, this information is going to get out. Yes. This, this right. is all going to leak out at some point. And I'll say this about members of the scientific and medical community – my guess is that the vast majority of these people are not political, that they love their science. Right. And eventually they're going to start talking and they're going to start writing papers and they're going to start writing op-eds. And this information is going to come out. And this whole idea, you remember they used to say when this all first started, spray all your surfaces down. Remember that? We were that all, was following the science. That was following the science. <laughs> we were all, we had these boxes of these disposable gloves here yeah. i didn't i didn't turn on the microwave the, the few people that were actually in the office here at afa we let a lot of folks work from home mm-hmm. if they could but the folks who were here we all had those gloves on you didn't touch anything without those gloves on then whatever it was a year later they said you know what we found out the virus doesn't live on surfaces so all of us who are go to the grocery store and uh bringing our products home and spraying them which is what we did we spray. Let's laugh. Let's laugh out loud now. Almost. It is. Huh? I we mean, were with with the yeah with the, the Lysol. We were spraying the stuff because we touched it, or some guy put it on the shelf and touched oh. it. I don't want those germs in my house. I remember no. sitting in the park uh, in the uh, convenience store, gas pump. Yeah, trying to put on those dead gum <laughs> pla- uh, plastic gloves on my hands 
the, the pump your gas. Yeah, well, the no, the rubber ones uh, that they like use. The latex gloves. Yeah, the latex. You know, like the, yeah. well, like they use in the uh, doctor's offices and such. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, I know what you're talking. So I was about. trying to put them on my hand so I could get out there and touch the the pumps, gas pump. <laughs> I know. So I sat there for five minutes. It wasn't funny then, though, was it? No, we yeah, all was, thought we were gonna get like, the virus. No, no, it wasn't funny, it, and the virus is not funny. We're not. I'm not making. I, right. we're, we're just reflecting back on all the things we did, some of which were humorous. Now, when you think about yeah. it. But the point is, it's like the Joe Rogan, uh, the Joe Rogan, uh, he's not the Joe Rogan, <laughs> Joe Rogan, the podcaster right. was saying the other day, you know, he's been slammed <laughs> for even talking about with Dr. Peter McCullough and others about different views, different takes on COVID-19 and our response and so forth. Uh, like he was saying a lot of things that we were told uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago, a year ago were quote following the science have now proven to be not so, so. Mm-hmm. and at that time had you said cloth masks don't work you'd have been called uh you know uh, a flat earther right right but now a lot of things that we know like you pointed out about not living on surfaces uh the the virus a lot of things that we know now were uh are, we're not we know now we're not true then but at the time we were being Anybody who questioned it was being mocked. Or shamed. Yeah, or shamed. You're, well, listening to, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Real quickly, for those who want to join us on what Ed calls that their internet, you can go to Facebook or YouTube and type in today's issues on American Family Radio. Or just type in today's issues, and you can live stream the show there. We're posting the stories that we talk about here on that pro, uh, on that on uh, on the website there, the facebook site we also soon will be live video streaming on our own platform so we will refer you there when that's up and going and uh, i think that's that's a couple of months away though i think yeah but we will let our folks know yeah it's going to be longer than a couple of months if they're counting on me to have <laughs> anything to do with, with that creation oh, yeah, you and me both yeah. that, that's not my bailiwick but uh, uh for those who, who yeah. really have to watch us yeah. and see us, and we yeah. know there's folks out there, they got to see Tim right, and Fred, right, right. you know, to, yeah. to feel connected right. to the world. Get their daily GQ fix right there. <laughs> Just go to, uh, looking around, we're not really in high fashion. Uh, no. no. Uh, you know, we're, no. we're settling into being our parents. <laughs> you seen these commercials? Oh, those are hilarious. Is that, who is that? Is that? Uh, That's... Is that uh, is that Geico? Is that are those Geico commercials? You know, you should yeah. remember the name of the company if the commercials are that good. Well, the commercials are good. It's not my fault. I that, I don't pay attention. Did you see to the? Them. <laughs> and you're talking about the about they try to keep yeah, you from becoming yes, your parents. Yes. Did you see? They're the, brilliant. You see the one where they're they're getting ready to go to the football game and they're out in the parking lot talking about parking. Yeah. And, huh? And talking about hey, we're going to leave in the third, third quarter, quarter, right? Yeah, right. Right. And it's funny because the guys are like wearing their pants up yes, really yeah. high. Everything and... they say, though, is it's cliche, <laughs> but it's true. On yeah. all those, uh, uh, there's a reason why it's funny, I guess. So. Yeah. That uh, reminds me of Seinfeld episode. Remember that one? Which one? Jerry Seinfeld going down to visit his parents in, Bo- in, in Boca Vista. Boca Vista. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the characters, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, it's roasting inside the apartment. Like a oh, summertime. Yes, yes. And then they go to dinner at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 
Yeah, it's the special, the blue paint special or something like that. Who eats at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> well, guess what? It's progressive. My wife and I do. Progressive insurance. <laughs> what oh, progressive. I said, guess what my wife and I do? If we decide to go to eat at a, like a steakhouse or something like that, I don't go at 7 o'clock when everyone's trying to cram their way in there. I say, let's go at 4 o'clock. We're going to find out how early they open. Right. I don't want to maybe to... get the early bird specials. <laughs> Allison, my wife and I, we're right the opposite. We want to go after the crowd's left. We're, oh, we're yeah, but that's of... because you guys stay up till yeah, 1 o'clock. Yeah, we're night owls. We're night owls. All right, so um, a lot coming out about COVID and our response that, that uh, as Ed said, a lot, of, a lot of the narrative of the political left in this country is starting to unravel because the truth yeah. is coming out. One of the things that really bugged people about halfway through this. Yeah. The politicians that were locking every locking everything down were caught at restaurants. Yes, they're hypocrites. Yeah, not wearing masks. Gavin Newsom's been caught again, right at the football game this weekend. At the football game, the governor of California, you're talking about. You know, and AOC was you know condemns Florida all the time. DeSantis, where does she go on vacation? Right yeah. down to maskless. Florida, maskless, dancing with people. <laughs> you know why, Fred? Oh. Because they don't. They know that masks don't stop the transmission of exactly. the virus. That's why they only wear them for political theater yes. show and to say, uh, uh, you know, so, but the minute they get a chance, they're taking them off, even if it means that a Super Bowl game. And by the way, Gavin Newsom, we talked about this, the governor of um, California, uh, he, he, he said he only took that mask off for, for just a few brief seconds to take a photograph with Magic Johnson, the uh, basketball yeah. player. Uh-huh. And it was shown later he lied about that, yes, right? because he was uh, shown uh, during the game in in his private suite that they had there watching the Forty uh, Niners and the Rams last weekend. He didn't have a mask on. Neither did half the people or more in his own suite yeah. have a mask on. And furthermore, I looked at the fans; probably seventy five percent of them, none of them were wearing masks. Right. So these politicians who say mask up and then don't wear mask. It's because they know that the reason they don't is because they know they don't work yeah. to prevent the transmission and spread of the COVID-19 virus. Now, the N95 mask, if right. worn, if worn properly, right. <laughs> okay. Tell me how many people do that, right? Yeah. If worn properly, the N95 mask, so they say, uh, maybe has a 50 to 75% chance of stopping, uh, the virus. Uh, trans- transmission from air. So, we, we all see these things every day. I was down in Orlando. This is three weeks ago, I guess it was. And Alice and I went out to a restaurant. And uh, now this is Florida. This is free Florida. So, uh, I and, but in Orlando, there's a lot of people from other countries and 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 other states, right? right visiting, especially during the winter. So I don't know where this gentleman was from, but. Uh, he had his mask. We were under, we were waiting for <clears throat> our, we were waiting at the desk for the you know how you go check in and then they then they take reservation you to, take, you to, yeah, yeah reservation take you to your table yeah so you got four or five couples out there waiting around for them to be taken to yeah. the table so the fellow walks in uh, and he walk he and his wife and he's got his mask on right and he walks right up to the desk where the uh, receptionist is waiting, and, you know, is, ta- is to check in. Yeah. And he's got his mask on, comes in from outside, bless his heart, and then he walks right up to, and then 
to tell the person what his name is yes. so he can check in. He gets within two feet of her face, and what does he do? Pull his mask he down. He pulls his mask. I knew when you were saying, I said, I know it's coming. Because <laughs> you can't understand I'm watching, I'm watching this happen, and I'm going, I'm going man, you, you just walked in from your mask. By the way, I hope that virus didn't jump out on you from the sidewalk out there as you were walking <laughs> down. You walk in, got your mask on, you walk right up to the lady, two feet in her face to tell her you're here. For your reservation, and you pull your mask down. Breathe all over. Oh, me, you're becoming your parents. Uh, all right, we'll be back. That's progressive, by the way. We'll be back momentarily. Super Bowl 56 is right around the corner, and once again, One Million Mom says, keep it clean. One Million Moms encourages NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to choose entertainment and advertising appropriate for the whole family. In recent years, we've seen positive changes because of your partnership with One Million Moms, and we are thankful. Sign our petition to Commissioner Goodell at OneMillionMoms.com, then ask your family and friends to do the same. OneMillionMoms.com. You know, we fill up our spiritual heritage tours each year several months in advance, so we're letting you know now. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. I know a lot of folks make their plans for travel, for vacation and such early in the year, and you have to take off for work and things of that nature. So we're letting you know when our June and September tours are. Just go to our website, spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. There's two tours. There's one to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown, and then there's a separate trip, but they're back-to-back to Washington, D.C., and to George Washington's Mount Vernon. So if you want to go on those tours with us, just go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com, and check out all the info. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash starnes. An admissions counselor at Clemson University boasted on social media she was biased against Republican college students. Monica Rosman accused Republicans of refusing to denounce white supremacy and misogyny. Ms. Rosman was reassigned after campus reform exposed her rantings. And the university says they do not discriminate based on political affiliation. Well, that's all well and good, but it should not be the end of the story. I'd like to know how many other admissions counselors share those beliefs. How many conservative college kids have been denied entry to schools like Clemson? The anti-conservative bias in classrooms is well documented, but not so much the admissions process. The truth is most of our public university campuses are hostile environments for students who believe in God and country. Schools birthed the free speech movement are now actively engaged in silencing any speech they find offensive. And that's not right. I'm Todd Starnes. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, 
yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 1 Peter 3, 14 through 16. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's issues is the name of this here show. And uh, if you want to join us on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and type in today's issues, and you can watch the show live. As we video stream there, we thank you for joining us. If you, if you want to send us an email, if you want to be your parents, send us an email. If you're becoming your parents, remember email people stuck in email land. Uh, if you'd like to write us a letter, yeah, our postcard. you can also become your grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> send us a postcard or how about give us a ring? Huh? That's right. <laughs> There'll come a time when people don't know what that means. No, I know, right? Do, 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 do I, I bet the uh, under, hang up? I bet the under thirty crowd doesn't use "give me a ring," do they? I guess I don't know if they do or not. Uh, anyway, well, I'm looking at some of our under yeah. thirty crowd. Well, no, Brent. I'm not sure how old Brent is, but, but Gray, do you you say "give me a ring"? No, you don't. He's uh, how about hang up? Do you Gray. say hang up? Hang up the phone. You say okay. hang up. How about roll down the window? <laughs> Ray, uh, Gray, how old are you? 18. He's 18, so he doesn't say roll down the wind. You just say roll down the window? Do you use that expression? That's that's kind of yeah, common. As, as in a car, yeah. What now? Hey, he was asking if you mean like as in a car. <laughs> yeah, an automobile. Uh, you know, the thing you crank. <laughs> all this, all these kinds of expressions. You know, hang up the phone. That You, you used to literally hang yeah, it up. I know. Crank the car. Yeah. Huh? I, we, a lot of people still use that expression. But crank. now crank the car was way before our time. Yeah. That's when it, they literally lasted. had to crank it. So. Yeah. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Literally. That's Ed remembers that. I did. Well, <laughs> I was told stories about right. cranking the car. Um, what was I talking about? I don't know. But all this stuff about Canadians being polite, if <laughs> right. Fred Jackson is any indication, <laughs> that's a, just not true. Now. Uh, I've been here for 25 years yeah. working with He's Ed. Hard. Working hard. with Ed. Yeah. Ed, yeah. Fred's become hardened. Uh, what I've Italianized of, him. I was going to say something important. but Well, we, can, we do have listen, Abraham Hamilton okay, III. Can, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to the other room. Okay. And then walk back in here. And see if you remember. And see if I can remember what I was going to say that was important. You ever done that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um Matt Staver will be with us, by the way, in about 10 minutes from the Liberty Council. And as Ed said earlier in the hour, you want to stay around the, the some, some of what he's going to share is stunning. Re yes. Related to what, Ed? Re relating to the military and research that is coming out on the possible consequences of requiring members of the military to get the COVID vaccine in terms, uh, in terms of the harmful effects so we'll be talking to Matt Staver about that. All right, right now, Abraham Hamilton III is with us. Abe is general counsel and public policy analyst for us here at AFA, and he's the host of the Hamilton Corner each afternoon right here on American Family Radio from 5 to 6 o'clock Central Time. So join Abe each weekday afternoon 
5 to 6 o'clock Central Time right here on AFR. Abe, good morning to you. Good morning. How you guys doing? Doing well. Becoming our parents. <laughs> anyway, we won't get back into that. No. Um, <laughs> all right, Abe, uh, wanted to ask you, um, your, first of all, for those who don't know, what's your experience in law enforcement, your background experience? Yes, uh, I, I was a major felony prosecutor for a decade before coming to AFA. I prosecuted in Houston, Texas, in the Harris County District Attorney's Office, and I prosecuted in the New Orleans area in the Jefferson Parish District Attorney's Office. Uh, like what kind of people are you talking about putting in jail? <laughs> um, murderers, rapists, um, armed robbers, uh, drive-by shooters, you name it. That's what I prosecuted. You did that for how long? Ten years. Ten years total. Look, how could your soul take looking at that much <laughs> depravity? It, it was tough. It's tough because you're looking yes. at the gross underbelly of uh, humanity every single day. You know, and I'm, I'm grateful in the offices that I served in, um, they would give us rotation. So you would serve in the trial bureau. So you do you do it like it's prison time. <laughs> Spend a year in a trial court. Then you get a couple months break and then you go back into another trial court. And So your job it's, it's, was... It's just to just to understand maybe who don't understand the legal system completely <clears throat> the job of a district attorney or his um, subordinates his uh, associates however you would describe it assistant is that what you say yeah is the police arrest somebody and charge and then they're charged with a, a felony and your job mm -hmm. was to come in and make sure they were found guilty or right is that it, right the 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 responsibility is stated that we're to see that justice is done, which often included, routinely included, prosecuting the criminals that were arrested by the police officers. Okay. Yes. But, but so you were the lawyer. You're, I just want to make sure people understand that's the, that's the job is to make make sure justice is done or put away the bad guys, basically. Yes. Take Yeah. Take what the police officers do on the street and make it gotcha. applicable in a, in a gotcha. court of law. Okay. So, Abe, I'm reading uh, yesterday or the day before. And this is happening all over the country. I'm reading about a district, I think it was a district attorney in the New Orleans area, mm -hmm. and he had received, he or she, I don't know, I've forgotten now, received. Is it he? Jason Williams. Is it he? Okay. <laughs> He's had, a district had attorney in New Orleans right now. Okay. He had received uh, political contributions from George Soros, mm -hmm. the billionaire socialist slash globalist. Or his foundation, uh, his, or whatever. His foundation, maybe not a personal check, but you know, you know. And he has been yeah. known to be funding these district attorneys in big cities all over America. And those same big cities now are soft on crime, and and the cities are turning into lawless. Uh, what, what? Well, jungles, jungles. I mean, Kill, it's killer zones. Get, it's getting worse and worse. Yes, it is. Uh, and we we all see what's going on. Even to the point where the San Francisco mayor, the uber progressive San Francisco mayor, is going, "Hey, we got to do something about crime in our city. It's right. ruining, it's ruining our city." Uh, the new mayor of New York, Adam, same thing. We got to do something to change change this because our citizens can't tolerate this any longer. So my question, Abe, is what is happening? Why is how is the uh, soft on crime progressives? How, how have they taken over the uh, the 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 job? Uh, enforcing the laws in these big cities. Yeah, so it's important for people to note that George Soros and his foundation's most recent efforts 
to take over the district attorney's offices across the country are are just the latest iteration or an extension of his previous commitments uh, to globalism and socialism. Uh, he is a billionaire. He he he's a, a trader on Wall Street and does all these other things, but he dedicates specifically a portion of his annual revenue. He specifically sets aside about about 20 percent annually for no other purpose uh, than involving himself in American politics all across the country. And I'd say about five to eight years back, he made a, a switch in his strategy to pinpoint district attorney's offices, uh, largely in uh, big cities that tend to have large Democratic voting blocks uh, because he he understands that they are tasked with the responsibility of enforcing the laws that are passed at the state level. So the question that often comes back, well, why, why, what do they have to gain by establishing this kind of lawless environment in these cities? And, and it, it's sad and it sounds conspiratorial if you don't follow follow these things, but really it is the application of what's called the Cloward Piven strategy to the area of um, criminal justice. Now, what, what that what that is, there were two, there were a husband and a wife, Francis Fox Piven and her husband, Richard Cloward. They were professors in New York, committed social, socialists, but in the Gramsci style, not uh, a, an, a, a, an attempt to establish socialism by armed violence and revolution, but they wanted to do so via evolution. And so Francis Fox, Fox Piven and her husband, Richard Cloward, they developed a strategy to swell the roles of to swell the welfare roles in the city of New York. The goal was never to help people. The goal was always to overwhelm the system, to force it to implode so that the city would have no choice but to embrace an entirely different system, which they hoped and contrived and worked towards making it all all out socialism. Well, what you see happening and it, it's the same moniker um, that um, Mitt, um, not Mitt, what's this guy's name? For Barack Obama's former chief of staff when he said you can't let a good, good crisis Emmanuel, go to Rob, waste. Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste. You have uh, the rules for radicals, the textbook. These are why these people that are social adjutants and social engineers, uh, re-engineers, they want to foment chaos as big and as broadly as possible with the express purpose of causing people to become despondent with no further trust in the existing system so that they then would willingly embrace an entire overhaul of the existing system. So the the object in taking over these district attorney's offices uh, with these funding resources and making these lax bail scenarios where you have people arrested for murder or they get let out on bail, then they commit another crime. The whole goal is to foment more and more chaos to cause people to completely lose all trust in the existing system because the existing system is the reason why the chaos is prevalent. And so that people will be more willing in times of fear in an effort to project, preserve their own safety, they'll be willing to cede their liberty. And, and by that the way, that is insidious. Oh, it is. By the way, and evil and wicked. And Cloward and Piven, they were professors. So when we yes. talk about, uh, they were at Columbia University, their sociology school. We talk about right. colleges and universities being incubators of this kind of cultural Marxism in the case of Antonio Gramsci. And uh, we're talking about it is producing people that in the, with the mindset of Cloward and Piven, their famous article uh, about this was titled The Weight of the Poor, uh, A Strategy to End Poverty. And that shows, it shows you that they weren't concerned about the poor. They were talking about 
the poor becoming a weight that crushes the current system and right. w- which would lead to changes so it is it's it's sinister and uh, we got we're, we got another guest coming here Abraham but uh, one of the things that's important to note about um, about the monies flowing to these uh, radical uh, individuals who are running for local district attorneys or prosecutors' offices is if you get if you get a million dollars for your campaign mm-hmm. in New Orleans mm-hmm. or in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. that's a huge advantage. These campaigns are not like running for president. You can swamp your opponent with ads if you get a million dollars, you know, from the open, you know, Open Society Foundation. Is that Soros? Yeah, Soros. That's his, yeah, that's his so uh, this this money is has been instrumental in getting these radicals into office because you can't compete with that kind of money if you're just raising, you know, $10,000 to run <laughs> well, for district attorney. And, and it's happened all across the country. Marilyn Mosby in Maryland. Uh, she's a Soros-funded prosecutor. The St. Louis district attorney who prosecuted the husband and wife who were trying to protect their home, a Soros prosecutor. Jason Williams in New Orleans, a Soros prosecutor in major cities all across the country. Yeah. These people are consistently getting funded from the same source in order to foment what we're seeing all across the country. And the hypocrisy is evident because many of the same people who are pro- propounding things like defund the police are the same ones that want to hire private security. That lets you know that their issue, that their focus is not actually on the, the, the safety and the peace of the environment. They are just like Cloud and Piven, the weight of the poor. They now want to use the weight of the poor often in criminally uh, saturated environments in order to cause a system to collapse. Okay, we're we're going to go to our guest in, in just a moment. When we get him get him on uh, our guest, Matt Staver. Matt Staver. So we're waiting on him. So we got time. Uh, you got another two or three minutes here, Abe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I would like to. Th- this deserves uh, an hour, quite frankly. Maybe we can come back and do this because uh, I'm about to jump ahead here. Wait, first of all. District attorneys are are they are they almost always elected? Yes. Okay. Yes. They're they're, like elected. when you have a mayor, so you got a city councilman, a county commissioner, and then you got to vote for the district attorney, and so tax taxes, all those things. Yeah. They're usually up for mm-hmm. uh, so so people vote for a district attorney in mo- yes. most all cases. Um, yes. In some places they call states attorneys. Okay. Okay. Uh, my question would be, <clears throat> uh, and we, we, there's there's a lot between what we talked about now and the question I'm about to ask that we need to explore. But my question would be, what's the end game here? Why in the world would people want to destroy America, uh, our beloved country, by turning people against each other based on class and race? Uh, by turning violent criminals loose on on innocent people, like like's happening all across America, and and uh, why in the world would 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 somebody or, or some group want to do that, Abe? <laughs> well, if you if you study socialism globally, uh, it's, there's always been a concerted effort to highlight the United States of America, you know, with our pesky things like the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution and, and the Pension for Liberty. Uh, it's always regarded as an impediment to globalized socialism. 
So if your goal is to have, you know, the workers of the world unite, so to speak, and to have this this uprising of the proletariat, then you have to extinguish the flame of liberty in the in the most freedom loving and liberty producing country in the world. So the, the goal, it, it is an insidious one. Um, and the, the goal is and, and within socialism, it always eliminates people in the middle. It creates an extremely broad uh, group of people who are impoverished and it has a, a wealthy, extremely wealthy minority. But there is no no middle class by and large because um, the ones who are the proponents of these socialistic systems are the ones who seek to, to benefit, frankly, off the backs of those who who they put under their proverbial boots. And okay. that's why you have places like Venezuela where the middle class is destroyed first, and then you create a huge poor class, and the people in charge are outnumbered. So the idea is you get rid of the middle class who have a vested interest in keeping order and human rights and a free market because that's how they are maintaining uh, you know, uh, their businesses, so on and so forth. And then you have an angry... You, you get rid of the middle class and you have a huge, angry, poverty-stricken class who are willing to throw out your ideals and values in order to create a whole new system. With the, with the George Soros's at the top directing the revolution. So it's not really communism they're promoting necessarily. It can be. Uh, this is, a, this is a, a, a Marxist strategy or even a fascist attempt it, to control they, it can be communistic or socialistic, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, well, we see what's happening in Australia and New Zealand and Canada mm -hmm. uh, and parts of Europe, although some places in Europe are saying, now we're done with all these lockdowns. I'm talking about controlling people during the pandemic. Uh, yeah. I, I'm talking about how governments start to control people. So do we know? We don't have guests. Um, you're listening to... Today's issues on American Family Radio. Well, Matt, let me just – is he going to be on or not? No, Matt's not going to be on. Matt Staver not going to be on. We will try to have him back. Yeah, that's uh, – maybe next half – even if you can get him on next half hour or tomorrow because what, what he – We want to talk about this yeah. story. Uh, you're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Ed, Tim, and Fred, um, let me uh, say something here. I know people – listening to us may not some may not necessarily be christian or even believe in the bible and that's fine we invite you to continue to listen to afr but i'm gonna i'm about to spiritualize what we're talking about here. okay get abe's reaction to this <clears throat> this is a satanic and yes i'm talking satan like in the bible okay if you don't believe in satan or the devil then i guess jesus was wrong when, yeah, you have to call Jesus a liar. Because Jesus uh, talked about Satan. Right. Okay, a force of evil and darkness and wickedness. There is a, an effort, a satanic effort, to bring down the United States of America in particular. In particular, There are other places in the world, too. But in particular, the United States of America has been a Christian nation by history. By and large, we've been a Christian nation. We send missionaries more than around the world. We fund the spread of Christianity around the world. We <clears throat> have freedom and liberty and self-government. Uh, it's it's it, it's it, it's a unique experience in human history, the United right. States of America. And so, 
America, as Fred said, I think earlier, is a is an inhibitor to controlling the world. A major inhibitor to controlling the world is the freedom, the liberty, the Constitution, uh, the biblical values that still permeate America in many ways. Uh, those things are <clears throat> those things are a, a target for Satan. Right. Okay. I'm speaking broadly and generally here. <clears throat> and so, uh, how do you promote evil on the face of the on the planet? You bring down the United States of America. Abe, uh, what I've just talked about right there. You want to? If you just say no, none of that's yep. true, Tim. I guess I'm uh, just wasted two minutes. But uh, <laughs> but no, go, go, you you, go you haven't wasted two minutes at all. Okay. And in fact, I don't even. I don't even think you're spiritualizing it. You're, you're conveying reality. Um, the ultimate thrust of what we're facing is God's word versus man's word. Very simply That's put. Right. And it's, no, it's, it's not shocking that some of the foremost uh, proponents and architects of socialism at its genesis and its modern iterations, they are very often atheistic because they have a fundamental <clears throat> anti-biblical, unbiblical, and quite frankly, anti-Christ anthropology. They view man completely different with the scriptures view man. And so uh, Christ following is viewed as anathema to the necessity of establishing this kind of globalism, this globalized hegemony. So I, that that's not an over-spiritualization. Uh, it is an accurate assessment of the reality of what's motivating uh, this pension. When you look at things, and, and I played this on the radio just to remind people, Back in, in 2020, the Canadian prime minister, Justin Trudeau, at a conference before the United Nations, said that the global response to the coronavirus presents, quote, an opportunity to advance our pre-pandemic plans. I said, what? That's jaw-dropping. That's yes. jaw-dropping right it's there. Jaw and I played the audio specifically so they can hear Justin Trudeau saying it in his own words. He went on to explain that included in his pre in their pre-pandemic plans were a real opportunity to address inequality <laughs> and climate change. Yes. Yep. And I said, wait a minute. I thought the response is supposed to be about sickness and disease and people dying. No, this is an opportunity to accelerate. That's what he said, to accelerate our pre-pandemic plans and efforts. And and when you see that, it, it's ghastly to think. That in the face of a disease that the whole, the whole world is reeling from, you, you have plans that existed before the world started reeling from these diseases, and you're using this disease as an opportunity to advance these plans? Well, it's no different from what we talked about, the Clower Piven strategy. It's no different from what Soros is seeking to accomplish. It, it's no different than a very simple common sense thing. How can we have such grotesque and draconian lockdowns in our country when our southern border is being flooded with illegal immigrants right. and nobody is testing them for anything? Right, right. And to suggest that that's a problem, oh, you must be racist. Yeah. Because the agenda is never what's being presented on the front. The agenda is always this push which, to assert man's will ahead of, frankly, of what God desires for humankind. Which is precisely God. how Satan works, mm. is deception. Yes. That's just what Abe said. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. To Justin Trudeau. Uh, he is the son of Pierre Elliott Trudeau, uh, who was Prime Minister of Canada for many years. Uh, Justin Trudeau has the arrogance of his dad. His dad was a globalist. 
Justin Trudeau is a globalist. He has absolutely hatred and disdain, Justin Trudeau does, for the protests that's going on in Canada right now. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. You mentioned uh, uh, playing the race card. Yesterday, in the House of Commons in Ottawa, a a member of the Capital C Conservative Party was challenging the Capital L Liberal Party, of which Justin Trudeau is head of. He was, She was saying, Justin Trudeau needs to go out and talk to these people. Justin Trudeau is in hiding right now. Apparently, he's got COVID. But his health minister gets up, and what does he say? These people out in the street there protesting are a bunch of racists. Yeah. And I... People racist. Putting up their hand. Nine people are same color up there, aren't they? That's 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 exactly right. <laughs> it's but just when, a slur. When, when I heard uh, when I heard that, this this is the modus operandi, folks. When you don't have the truth to argue, right? You throw out the race card. Right. right. There are a bunch of racists. Right. Or flat earthers. Or flat. Or, or don't care about their uh, the the public because they don't want to wear a mask or submit to the vaccine mandate. Yeah. Whatever the case is that they're pushing. Yeah. To try to make people who who champion freedom and liberty and understand the history of our country and and Western countries like Canada. Uh huh. Uh. They, they, so they, they try to make us look like the yahoos. Yes. Right. Or the uh, ignorant unwashed masses. Right. Right. And they'll even take on people like Joe Rogan, who is an atheist and is uh, basically a a liberal. Mm -hmm. Even if he goes against the narrative in at all whatsoever that they use to control, they'll go after him too. They'll go after those folks too. Um, so what, what's it? Listen. What's at stake here is the future of our country, mm-hmm. whether we're going to remain the land of the free yes. or whether we're going to submit to government control of everything in the name of fill in the blank. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, you know, uh, stopping the pandemic. Yeah. That's been the most recent thing right. in the last couple of years. All right. Thank you, Abe. We appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you later. Abraham Hamilton III. If you want to hear Abe by himself without Tim interrupting, <laughs> you can join him this afternoon, 5 to 6 o'clock Central Time, and Abe will wax eloquent. Yes, uh, we'll will. be back momentarily. Stay with him. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.